What's up, Hybrids? This is Hanako, and I just wanted to give a quick editor's note before this podcast episode. This episode was recorded live at MonsterramaCon in Atlanta on October 28th. As such, the audio is not as clear as we usually have on our show, and there's a lot of echo because we were in a room that echo a lot when we talked. So just wanted to give that note. If you would like to see a video of this particular episode, you can find it on our YouTube channel. As always, thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanko, and I am here with Anthony and Mike. And we are actually recording together. We are at MonsterramaCon in Atlanta, which is a classic horror and fantasy genre convention. It's taking place this Halloween weekend, and we are here as panelists. And this is our live panel recording for Pet Cemetery. We are going to be discussing the original 1989 version. We're going to talk about the reboot from 2019. And we are also going to discuss Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which is a sequel that premiered on Netflix two weeks ago, I believe. Roughly, so yeah, like roughly two weeks ago. I am going to put this mic to the side because it's echoing and it's bothering me. And I think I can speak loud enough. Mm-hmm to be picked up on the video. So let's get into this. This is new for us. We don't generally get to record like this, so this is gonna be fun. But, um, okay, let's get into it. I wanna start talking about the original, Pet Cemetery from 1989, of course. If you are not familiar with Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery is a story written by Stephen King and it was adapted into a feature film that came out in 1989. Um, I hadn't watched Pet Cemetery since it came out up until a few days ago, and um, I will say, as far as a horror film holding up over three decades, it does its job. That movie is very, very weirdly creepy. And it's not the, it's not necessarily the the jump scares. There were a few in there for me. And I was like, I've seen this before. Why am I jumping? But just the whole overall feel of the film is just so, it's, it's disturbing. Well, one of the things that helped it out was Stephen King wrote the screenplay. Um, I did a panel last night about 1983. Mm -hmm. Um, And that year you had three movies come out, Uh, Cujo, um, Christine and Denzel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, those screenplays of his were all, they were all like, nah, we're not going to use those screenplays. But the movies were really popular. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was interesting that they they let him do the screenplay for, for Henson Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went with it. So. And it was oddly creepy. Anytime you have a creepy kid, it's the <laughs> It changed the dynamic of the whole movie. So let me so let me tell you, I remember watching 
the film back in the 90s, probably when I was like early high school, maybe late middle school, early high school. And as I rewatched it a couple of days ago, I was like, I don't remember some of this stuff. Like, don't remember. And I think I may have blocked it out due to trauma because when I say, when it got to certain parts, I remembered and I was like, holy shit, I remember this creepy ass kid. <laughs> and it was one of those things where it was like, okay, yes, I remember this part. I remember all the bad parts. The boring stuff in the beginning, the bad acting, I don't remember any of that. But I, rem I remember that, I want to play with you. Bad acting. No, no, no. No, the acting was terrible. No, we're not doing that. Absolutely deep up not. The acting was horrible. Dale, Dale Midkiff should give that check right back. And that, that's a waste of one of Fred Quinn's last last movies. It's like, he, I think he died. He, he died soon, close sometime after that. Well, well then, no, then, then he did. This is one of the last movies that the great Fred Quinn did. The man that gave us, gave us the month that created the monsters. The man that gave, gave us one of the, one of the best heroes in the okay, game. I'm going on. But, <laughs> he, okay. he feels very passionately about this. Here's the thing: this this movie is like a, a textbook case of child neglect. The whole reason that we're going through this is because they didn't watch their son, and he walked out and got hit by a semi. And what? then, and then this this is a movie movie about people not reading the room or reading signs. They buried the cat. The cat came back evil. What makes you think burying your son's going to work any different? Seriously, I mean, if, if, if you if you bury the cat, and the cat comes back evil, mad, and like hissing and shit. Why would you bury your child in it? Okay, bury your child back. Before we even get to that part, let's, let's talk about some other things that 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 are going on in this film, and they actually repeat this in um, the reboot from 2019. Now, um, full disclosure, Anthony has seen all three products. He has seen Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery the reboot, and Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Pet Cemetery <laughs> Bloodlines. I have seen the original film and the reboot. Mike has seen the original film and Bloodlines, which is the new one, the sequels. Uh, uh, excuse me, the prequel. So I will say the running theme throughout all of them, at least my knowledge, is that um, people who are scared to talk about death they need therapy because I think that was the underlying main cause throughout throughout the whole, you know, it was the theme throughout all of the um, products. And it's interesting, we, we actually do another panel called Phantom Funerals Repass and um, <clears throat> we talk about death and ways that we can discuss it and use fictional characters and their deaths to kind of, you know, talk us through our grief or try to relate to it because there are a lot of people who have issues discussing death in a healthy way. And we see that very plainly with um, the mom from the original and then also in the, uh, the, the, the reboot. Now the interesting thing with the changes in those two films is when I watched the original, the issues that the mom, who again, I didn't even, I, I forgot that it was Denise Cross. I, I, I completely forgot when I looked at it, I was like, huh? Okay. But anyway, 
the, the trauma that she has and the information that we get as far as what happens to her sister so, and how she was kind of partially responsible for her sister's mm -hmm. death, the way that they approached that in the, the first film, it came so out of left field. And I was like, why is this even here? It just, it didn't feel right. It didn't, um, I don't think it translated well on screen. The way that they did it in the second film, I think was a little more realistic because it was part of a conversation that she had with her daughter, you know, and the mm -hmm. daughter bringing it up about how her, you know, about you feel sad about, you know, your sister's death and blah, blah, blah. But it was just one of those things where I was like, these people are all having this horrible experience because they don't know how to deal with death. I think, well, for me, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't bad because I think what they were going for in the original was they were trying to ramp up the, the creepy part of the, mm -hmm. the situation. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think they were going for realistic <laughs> in, in the original. And, and that's, I don't know if that's why I don't like the reboot mm -hmm. at all. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. later. But there are things about the original that I actually I like, and um, we talked about this here again yesterday with the 1983. After Pet Cemetery, Stephen King adaptations is kind of tanked. Yeah, it really did. Because <laughs> this is considered one of the better adaptations because he wrote the screenplay. Mm -hmm. um, the director, it was only her second feature as a director. Okay. So that may have been a part of. Um, some of those issues, <laughs> like the bad acting, like and the, the, bad acting. the over, because yeah. even when she was telling the husband, I cannot remember his name right now. I can't re remember any of the Creed family names right uh, now. Lewis, Lewis and Rachel. Louis, yes, yeah. Lewis and Rachel. Engages the little. Engages the yes, and then Ellie. So when she was telling Lewis about her sister in the original. The way that she described it, and she was just so theatrical about it and over the top. And he's looking at her with this dumb expression like he has never heard this story before. And it, it's possible that he could have because this was the part where she actually admitted that she kind of had a hand in her sister's death. So I can imagine if you're hearing that your wife may have, you know, partially caused the death of her sister, who she was kind of glad died, I would probably be looking to like, what the hell did I just get myself into? But then you try to you try to make her feel better by kissing her and tackling her on the bed. It just didn't make sense to me. And then in the in the reboot, like I said, that conversation came a little bit more natural and then when she talks about how her sister died, you know, they completely changed it from the way it was in the original film. And I felt like, in a sense, it made more sense if if that can be said of anything that happens in these two movies. But um, yeah, it was just strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I again, I think they were just trying to ramp up the creep, the creepiness. Okay. Because, you, like the other change in me. Instead of killing Gage, they kill Ellie mm -hmm. in the reading. Mm -hmm. But Gage, just like in the book, that whole situation was just odd. Like, of course, no, don't bury your child in, in the cemetery where they come back to life. Mm -hmm. But then again, 
we learned later that, well, we watched Bloodlines, um, Randall, Crandall. Jared Crandall. Jared Crandall is the, the main character. Like, he is like one of the main characters. Mm -hmm. He knows what's going to happen. He knows, he knows all of the bad things, and yet he does it. But I haven't. Go ahead and say it. it. Go ahead and say it. You, 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 all, say it. you already had it out. You gotta do it. Go ahead and say it. Say it. Say it. I'm sorry. I have a theory. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Well, let's focus on the original. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, Judge Judge should not have taken him back there and show him, yeah, you want the cat to come back, the cat can come back, you know, and everything will be fine. No, it will not, and you know this. Right. And it, it makes you mad watching Bloodlines to know <laughs> that he knew what was going to happen and he went along with it anyway. However, it was the first movie, he knew what was coming, and he did it anyway. The, okay, the so, of the Wendigo, or whatever, yeah. whispers to you. Mm -hmm. Have y'all read the book? No. I don't remember. Don't remember. I vaguely remember, but the Wendigo whispers to you, and, and it's calling you because the Wendigo wants access into the world, mm -hmm. and it wants to spread. And so, maybe after all these years, it finally wore Judd down. It finally wore him down, and he was just like, okay, fine. Hey, you want this cat come back, show him how to do it? And then, sure, you know, now he knows how to bring back his child. But Judd didn't say, don't do it. You know, you, you're going to create a double cat. Because the dog, he knew. I'm just, I'm just yes. sorry. He, he knew, and the only explanation is the Wendigo finally got to him. The Wendigo finally influenced him to do what he was see, supposed to do. They actually, you actually see a little bit of that in, bit. in in the in the reboot, where yeah. you know they talk about the Wendigo because they don't even mention the Wendigo in the first film. It's just, it just comes across as Judd is this really creepy, really shitty friend who knows that this cat is going to come back evil and then you want to sit here and play this little blame game when Gage dies, I feel like I brought this on you because I shouldn't have shown you that place and I know what you're thinking about doing and you can't. What's okay, so, Yeah. Because you already, oh, you already sorry, sold that scene. I'm so slow on the uptake. Like I didn't realize that the guy in, in the in Bloodlines was actually Frank Wynn's character. But when I realized it, I hated the original even more. <laughs> I was like, it's just like you said, you've been through. You damn near got killed. You damn near died. Your friends died. Your your wife, your girlfriend got carved up. And I'm like, how? Why? Like. That's, that's that, that just made me he hate the first one even more. I was like, oh god. Yeah, we were trying to do the math on, on his age, and it didn't work out. But I figured maybe all the stress and over the years. That's the hell of a lot of stress is going to much faster. Looking like him is something like Kermit Munster in like what, like thirty years? Yeah, he should have been like forty something, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But he looked like he was seventy. But you know, when like, you're doing some evil stuff, that may age you a little bit. Because I'm sorry, whatever good intentions you had, and sit on sit on the front porch drinking drinking beers and smoking cigarettes, like, right? Yeah. But you knew when you took him over the river, through the woods, and across the mountains, and all this other stuff, a partridge in a pear tree, mm -hmm. to go to this barren. You knew what you were doing. You knew what he you knew. were doing. Yeah. I'm like Mike, it, it does make you kind of mad. <laughs> kind of? I was, yes, I was like, because first of all, 
when you're looking at him, like when the cat dies, he has this little smirk on his face. And I was like, you're about to do something evil. I don't remember what it is. I don't because I couldn't remember how they got to the, the burial, mm -hmm. the burial land. So I'm sitting here looking like it, it almost was like he wanted this to happen. And then watching the reboot, when you hear about the Wendigo and they put that into the tale, I was like, oh, okay. That would make sense if they actually incorporated that part of the story into the original. Because then it could be that he was being influenced by something evil and that's why he ended up doing what he did. That, okay, I can sit here, I can kind of reconcile that, but just, oh, you didn't want your, you didn't want Ellie to be sad about losing her cat. Teach the damn girl about death and be done with it. That's the motif though. That's the motif. That's the whole point about having pets. It's like just you, they they die quickly, so you get to teach kids about life and death. That's the whole point of having pets. That's one of the whole points. That point. One of the whole good things about having pets is that you can teach your child about life and death without a family member dying. Mm -hmm. You can get you can get them used to that, but still. Especially if you his best friend, he almost got killed by his best friend, who was buried in the damn pet cemetery, and he came back and did it. He was like, "Oh, this is this isn't a good idea." Like, no, he was like, "Well, go ahead." Judd Crandall is a he's a trash character. He's a trash character. Again, again, the Wendigo influenced him. Wendigo, the Wendigo influenced him. When you have a loss, it reaches out to you and say, "Oh, this person lost somebody." Well, they want that person back. So, so the devil made them do it. Yeah. We're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, so then here's my question about that. You as a rational person, once the window stops whispering in your ear, you're dead, whatever, is walking around, how the hell are you going to explain that to people? You don't. You explain like David Duchovny did. He came back from the war, he got caught, and yeah. just leave it up, and live and leave it at that. And, and for them, at that time, all the soldiers were coming back with problems yeah. and issues now. You know, maybe they need to go get him some help or something. No, he's like how does someone? He really wasn't dead. I don't know. Just he came back. Because <laughs> at first I was it, it, spoilers. At first I was like, okay, did he come back in the box? Like, was he dead already? And then I started, oh no, he killed himself. He killed himself. Mm -hmm. And then you see him and he has a thing around his neck, you know, and he hung himself. And then you went and buried him in the, in the cemetery. I have a question. I just, okay, in the first in the first one, there was who was it talking to him when he was when who was that the window was that a window or just a ghost talking to talking to them and trying to warn them not That to was the ghost of Lewis uh I mean not Lewis, uh Victor Pascal. The 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 kid okay. that died at the beginning. Gotcha. The right. one, the the one that looked like a thirty-five year old college student. <laughs> right, right, right. He's like, that you don't really his, want to do this haunting him. That was that was his ghost. Now, the other question I have, as far as the the reboot, the twenty nineteen version, when Ellie does come back and she is in Judd's house, and she she changes her face to look like his wife, and she was like. Uh, she basically was like, "Yeah, this is going to be your punishment for what you did to your wife." Did he put his wife in in the burial ground? Like that was the that was what I got from it because she was like, uh, "You you put you made you you um, 
you're going to pay for what you did to her. I saw her. She's down there suffering. And now you're going to die so we can put, so we can bring you back and you can suffer with us. I was like, wait, did he do this to his wife too? Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise. As dumb as he's acting, I wouldn't, he's all, everybody in this town is just like. Well, because the whole, when you look at this series as an aggregate, the whole point is everybody in the town knows what the Pet Cemetery does. Mm -hmm. They all know. Like, they all know. David Duchovny knew mm -hmm. that if he buried his son, he was going to come back, he was probably going to be me. Yep, Pamela, Pamela and all of them, the mayor, right. the sheriff, all of them everybody, have everybody, buried everybody people did. in that cemetery. Small town. Everybody did. And they still... And they will still bury people there. They will still bury them. See, right. this is what I was talking so, about yesterday with these unsympathetic characters. Like, you try to have sympathy for them at first, but then you're like, I... I give up. So, 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 so to answer your question, to answer your question is, Judd has had some time over the years. So if his wife died, I wouldn't be surprised if he did bury her there. She came back and was like, oh, that was a mistake and killed her. Because he was technically, he was the last person left that was supposed to guard So even the then, why would you send this man to... Okay. Because so let's John had, he, he had the Wendigo farming. Apparently, the Wendigo got to him before, and it's got to him again. Remember, these are not the people that have come back. This is the Wendigo that has come back. So it is, it, it, it is not Ellie. It is not Gage. It, it, they, they know this, but they can't help themselves. I felt so sorry for Gage at the end of the, the movie. So in Okay, because so in the first movie, you know, Gage is the one that actually is killed mm -hmm. and he's the one that comes back and starts killing everybody. Now my whole thing was why why does this one and a half year old baby know anything about evil that he wants to just kill everybody he loves? But again, if you're talking about an evil influence mm -hmm. that they just completely glossed over Thanks, Stephen King. Then you know. Then okay, I can understand that. I think, it was, the, I, I think it was the director. I don't think. I don't think it was him. He didn't you say he wrote the screenplay? He wrote the screenplay, but he didn't direct the movie. Okay. But he didn't write anything in there to explain that that's not actually the actual person, but he the, probably, but it's a spirit possessing them, telling them because they probably, we don't have time for that. We got to get to the creepy kid. Well, I would say and, this and because that movie was only an hour and a yeah. half long. So yeah. okay. And now, I mean, this was her second movie. The studio was probably like, you only have so much money, you so much time, and Stephen King's probably over there like, this is not what my, you know, this is not how it's supposed to be. And they're like, no, but we don't have time to explain evil spirits. They did the same thing with Christine. Um, in Christine, they don't really explain why the car is the way it is. But, but in the book and in the screenplay, it tells you that the car is. I'm about to pull one of your cars. I'm not about to give the writer that much credit because <laughs> Stephen King is the one who wrote that coda for the Stan reboot. That is true. So we're not even going to go there. But anyway, so what happens in the second, in the, in the reboot, Mike, mm -hmm. that Ellie ends up being killed instead. Gage does run out into the street. Dad is able to save him, but the driver of the truck slams on brakes <clears throat> trying to avoid hitting Gage. So his trailer jackknifes. Uh -huh. So the trailer, um, the, the rig goes this way. The trailer goes this way. Ellie is in the street with Church because Church has come back. She thought Church ran away. Uh -huh. So she gets hit, hit and killed by the thing. So, of course, she comes back, she does her evil stuff, 
Now, at first when she comes back, she seems sweet. And then once she starts realizing what has happened to her, and her dad is lying to her about it, and he's lying to everybody else about it, then she starts, you know, the evil starts coming out. Then Judd comes to the house and says, you know, it's not too late to undo it. In her mind, she's like, oh, he's telling my dad to kill me. So she goes over, she kills Judd. Then she comes back to the house. Mom has come back, she kills mom. And then what happens is when she's in the process of trying to kill her mom, she's trying to break into the room. Mom drops Gage down to dad on the ground. Dad puts Gage in the car and locks him in the car so that he's not around all this stuff and then all this stuff happens. He finds out that Judd is dead. He goes to the cemetery. Ellie kills him. Uh -huh. Well, no, excuse me. Ellie tries to kill him. He's almost about to kill her. And then he gets stabbed through the heart from the back. His wife, who Ellie has taken to the burial ground, has, re has resurrected. So at the end of the movie, you see like an aerial view similar to what they did in the first film. Mm -hmm. Now they also started the movie out that way, but you see a house on fire and then you see the Creed house. So at the beginning of the film, I'm like, well, whose house is that on fire? It didn't even occur to me that it was Judd's until the end because I was like, okay, so how is Judd's house on fire? Judd is dead. The rest of them are dead. So basically what they did was the three Creeds that are still alive, they come down from the mountain, they set fire to Judd's house. And then the last scene is of them walking towards Gage in the car. And Gage is looking at all of them and he's like, and then you see the dad come around to the side of the car. You hear the car alarm beep and then the movie ends. Oh my God. Yeah, so, so I can't remember the book and I'm, I'm getting all my movies confused. But the thing is the Wendigo wants the, they want to kill everybody and bury them in the cemetery so they can come out. Mm -hmm. Like, it wants to spread. It's mm -hmm. like a virus. Mm -hmm. It's like a virus. Mm -hmm. That's what it wants to do. So, the, the assumption is they're going to do that to Gage. Bury, kill Gage, bury Gage, and then come back. The reason why we don't see it on screen is the same reason why they switched it from, El from Gage to Ellie. They just thought that in the original, it was too much for the audience. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For this toddler to be a murderer and to and, well creepy kid period. I want to play with you, right. Daddy. It's better if she's a little bit if the kid's a bit older, it's a little bit more acceptable. I, I, I don't even know if I want to They want to show kids right. kill brutally, <clears throat> brutally on screen like that. But I think the other thing, um, at least the way I, I kind of read it with them killing Ellie instead of killing Gage, you have a child who, one, is very self-aware about what's going on, and that makes, I, I feel like that makes what happens even more, like, critical, because she is aware that her her dad brought her back because he loved her, but she's like, this, this isn't right, this doesn't feel right, I don't want to be here, you know, and okay, I don't want her to be, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it makes more, to me, it made more sense as much as any of this can make sense. Because when you bring, a, when you bring back a two-year-old and the first thing he does is goes to the room and pulls out daddy's medical kit and pulls out a scalpel, why? What sense does that make? And again, this is without the assumption of any kind of evil influence because we haven't been, we haven't been told about any of this. You just, 
Like, why is the ground sour? Y'all keep saying the ground is sour, but why? Mm -hmm. You don't tell us this, so we just automatically assume that a two-year-old is gonna come back a, a homicidal maniac for no reason to parents that clearly loved him except for the fact that they just didn't fucking watch him. But again, this is in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that kind of thing was very common. You know, you think your child is in the yard and you don't think anything of it, but if you know you live on a property where gas tankers consistently yeah. speed past your house. It's like you hear them all the time throughout the movie and it's like, there should be a warning. The, the no, warning. excuse me, there should be a fucking fence. Why is there not a fence around okay, that property? Okay. So, okay. Yes, you're right. This, this, is where I, this is where I live, right? Where I grew up, my house was about a hundred yards, and then you have the driveway mm -hmm. down to Highway 49, mm -hmm. semis going back and forth all the time. I've, I've watched two of my dogs get hit by cars down there. Ask me why we don't have a fence. No one down there has a fence. No one on Highway 49 has a fence. Because they watch their kids. Okay, for, con <laughs> for concept, for, for context, Child's Play came out in 89. It almost seems like, I mean, it came out in 88, a year before this, a year before Pet Cemetery. So it's like, it's almost like he was trying to cash in on the little short homicidal maniac thing. The killer kid. Yeah, not, yeah, not Steven Spielberg, not Steven Spielberg. Um, Steven King was it, but maybe the studio was it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. It's like, because, I mean, I, like I was telling Hanukkah, it's like the scene where he, where he cuts Fred, Cuts on what's his name's Achilles. That I well, still that's a cut down the sides. No, I, I I can't I can't see to this day I can't I can't I can't dangle my feet over over a bed without being like like I, I keep thinking someone's gonna reach out and cut my Achilles. Really? That's like it. a it's real. I can't do that shit. Like I'm, I'm if I do it tomorrow, I'm like we're not here with therapy anybody. <laughs> How am I gonna tell everyone? All those stuff I need to tell to a therapist—that's like at the bottom of the list. <laughs> I can deal with everything else first. Like I'll deal with that later. That's fine. Now the other thing about them making the switch from Gage to Ellie, like I said, in a sense, it may—it kind of did make sense as well because um, in the reboot, you kind of see that Judd has a, I won't say special relationship with Ellie, but you can see he's kind of drawn to her. Like he kind of sort of does take on a little bit of that grandfatherly role. He did so, he did in the original as well. I think probably more so in the original than um, the reboot. But John Lithgow's version of that character, you can tell he's kind of, he's kind of reserved. And then he kind of lets this family in. <clears throat> So it, it's interesting because if it had been Gage in this particular version of the story, I just don't think it would have, again, it wouldn't have made sense because one, Gage is not really close to that character. Why would he even care about going over there? Like, like in the original, that was the first place Gage went. And it's almost like, yeah, I'm gonna go over here and kill you because you are the whole reason that all of this is happening. But again, how would you know that? Because we don't have any right. That's why I like this conversation because I did not like Bloodlines. But I realized that if you watch Bloodlines, it kind of helps you understand, like if you go back to the original, mm -hmm. you'll see, okay, all the things that they left out, mm -hmm. 
it makes it make sense. Like, Gage, it really wasn't Gage. And if you realize that Judd was the last guardian of what was happening, then that would be the first person you would kill because that would ensure you know, more of an opportunity later to right. for the one to go to do what he wants to do. If and he look, is the guardian, he needs to be fucking fired because the first thing you should do as guardian is not take your brand new neighbor and his dead cat to the burial ground. Again, if you when you watch, how I'm, I'm defending Bloodline. If you watch Bloodline, you understand that the influence of going to go in. And, and I understand that so Bloodlines just came out a couple of weeks ago. I know, if I this know. con, if, if we had been having this discussion at Dragon Con, none of that would have happened. We would have all been sitting there yes. scratching well, our heads. Have you read the book? You, they left a lot. Like Stephen, I gotta go back. I, I know he's, I'm sure, I haven't seen the screenplay, but I'm sure his screenplay got got chopped up pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. Eric is not left to me that all the things that they included in Bloodline, when you see it, you'll understand mm-hmm. this. Like, like at the beginning, they they said that sometimes dead is better line, and then and then um like a tanker truck just goes Shoom. like in the beginning, I was like, oh y'all started early. It like, did that in the reboot too, and that shit scared me. Yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah, and it's like then they they repeated the sometimes dead is better line at the end too. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, but it's like. Oh so again, if sometimes dead is better, and Judd is known for saying this, why do you take it? Yeah. Well, yeah, again, he got the lot from somebody. He got it from somebody yeah. else, and the land being sour. Yeah. But then in Bloodlines, didn't they say like, I don't remember if this was a tag in the beginning about there's some things that have been around since yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, they did. They said it in the reboot as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and that's from the book that we can't really explain why. The land is the way it is. Mm-hmm. We just know that that's where it's like it's like a portal for the windows. Now, in the reboot, they do kind of make this. You know, they kind of put that suggestion out there when um, when Lewis starts researching what's going on because of course, of course, Church comes back mm-hmm. and they're sitting there looking at like how in the world is this cat just here? Uh, speaking of which, I like the way that they did Church in the reboot better than they did in the first one because in the first one it's like if i see a cat with bright yellow eyes like that all the time like he reminded me of um what's his name was it uh toby mcguire's character in sin city yeah yeah that's what it reminded me of and i was like if you can't look at that cat and tell something about that cat is not fucking right then you deserve to die a horrible death right but in the reboot he looks like a normal cat Except for when he's angry, and then even <clears throat> even when he's angry, like at the point where Lewis is about to euthanize him, he's sitting there angry. Then all of a sudden he's meow, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like the cat just basically put on an Oscar-winning performance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, don't kill me! I'm, I'm okay. young and innocent. That's, and then the Ellie did the same thing. That's the but yeah, but in, but in yeah. Because it does in, in the in the um, in bloodlines. Mm. Oh, I miss you. Yeah. What happened to me? Oh, I'm so hurt. Can I get help? Mm. And then stab, stab, stab. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was horrible to see um, Ellie do that to Judd because I think in the original, like you kind of get the 
I think it's more suggested about Gage and what he does because you don't see him kill his mommy. You know, you just see her go in to hug him and you hear the sound. And then, of course, you see her drop from the the attic and she's already dead at this point. So you don't actually see it and you don't really see it with Ellie either. But you do see her doing the stabbing thing. And I was just like, yeah, this is way more disturbing. And then, then <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the little act that played Gage getting a concussion and nobody helping him at the end of after after his father injected the poison in him. So he just walked down, walk down, walk down the hall, he falls, and he's, he hits his head. He stumbled down the hall. Someone down the hall and hits his head, and you see him hit the head. I was like, is someone going to check on him? So, and, 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 and he stayed on him for like 10 seconds. I'm like, I'm like, he has a concussion. You know he has a concussion. That poor baby is just laying there. That whole scene was so comical to me, and I know it wasn't supposed to be because this man just had to put his child down, which, shout out to Lewis for doing that because yeah. most people in those types of situations in a film, right. that's how they always die. Because they're like, oh, I know I have to do this thing in order to fly, and then they can't do it. He actually did it. And I was like, I'm trying to look at it like, oh, he actually, he actually did what he was supposed to do. He killed this child so it wouldn't hurt anybody else. And then the kid says, no fair, no fair. And I just lost it because I was like, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to look at this scene seriously when this kid is like, no fair, no fair. And then he starts stumbling down the hallway like a drunk person and hits his head. And he's just sitting there looking at him like, I was like, I can't, I can't take this seriously. I would get blue problem. If he hadn't gone and got his wife and buried her in the damn cemetery, see that is. Yeah, then I was like, "That's it." I was like, "Okay, I'm proud of you." Wait, what the hell are you doing? Like, you didn't learn from the first one. He was like, "Oh, I waited too late with Gage. She just died." Again, that's the influence of the Wendigo. But we don't know this in the first movie because they don't even talk about the Wendigo. So you're just looking at him like this man is dumb as bricks. Like, yeah. you are a physician, you are a doctor, and you have no common sense because you tried it with the cat. The cat came back pissed off at you, scratching you up. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't turn into something just from the scratches. Then you try this with your child. Your child comes back and he kills your neighbor, he kills your wife, and tries to kill you. And then let's not even talk about the fact that this whole time Ellie is having dreams about everything happening and they just leave us hanging just like this, just like they left Ellie hanging. No mama, no daddy, no brother, <laughs> no neighbor. She's having all of these weird dreams. They never explain to us how it is that she knows exactly everything that's happening. Oh, put Ellie. Put she has the shine. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, sometimes certain things, three times are not the third time is not the charm. You don't need. I mean, how many like how many times you got to try all that? It's just like, again, like you said, it's just like it's. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want him to be my doctor at all. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you're gonna die. You know what? After you die, I'm gonna take care of you. No, just let me just leave me. Right. I'm good. Well, in the original, he has a conscience. You know, he's, he's got the the student following him around. <laughs> Yeah. He has it in the reboot too, and he's still. What the, I mean, it's not as drastic because I will say in the first one it was kind of overkill. It was kind of like the way I felt about Claire and her line of brown vision and Outlander. I was like, okay, it's getting to be too much. Like, you're not helping. 
you're not helping the situation, stop being vague. If you're trying to help this doctor, don't give him riddles. Tell him, do not go bury your son in this fucking cemetery. That's how you are helpful as a ghost. Right. That's right. how you are helpful. Don't give all of these vague things and then when That's she what gets, ghosts do. Ghosts, no. you, you've been in a, um, what do they call it? Every time someone does a, um, not the do oh, a, a seance. Yeah. The ghosts are never specific. They're never actually going to tell you the truth. They'll give you some version of it or a riddle. You know, I hate to tell you this, but seances are fake. So. <laughs> what? I, this is all that, no. Stop. No. I'm just saying. That's the whole other discussion that we're not having here. But. Okay, we got to go back to Judd's character real quick. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, if you, when you watch Bloodline, you will be like, oh my God, Judd is so terrible. Judd is the worst. And, I mean, I don't have to see Bloodline to know that he is no, terrible. it makes it worse. It makes really it does. makes it worse. So because he is the one, like, this is wrong. He's championing, championing this whole thing. And even though... You did ask a question the other day. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked because I thought about who goes into a, a, a root cellar when the house is on Thank fire. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, 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 his best friend sets the house on fire, and they're like, "Oh, this is a fire. Let's go down to the cellar. Do what? And wait the fire out. Who goes into a root cellar to wait a fire out? Absolutely the. I'm sorry. <laughs> Part of my French. Absolutely the fuck not. You will get out of that house right now. There's three of them and one of him outside. You can you have you have the numbers advantage. You can just get outside. If he shoots one of y'all, okay, fine. There's two more of us to take care of you. No, you don't go and wait a fire out. He they says sell it. He says the words. We're gonna wait the fire. Yeah, he said. Yeah, you said we're gonna wait it out in the cellar. It's, it's not a tornado. It's a fire. It's really the bad. house is on fire. It is falling down. Oh, right on top, of, top of you. And your floor is hardwood floors. So how is that going to work out for you in the root cellar? Like, Unless there's something about root cellars that I don't know in Maine. I don't know. Root cellar <laughs> equals death trap. And they, and they, so they, they, they didn't even know that there was a tunnel in there. Don't no, because he, he had been digging that tunnel. But they didn't know that. They didn't know that. Also, <laughs> didn't they try to go out the door and he was out there? Yeah, I don't know. He's going to send the fire out there, but it's three of them. Yeah. yeah. No, no, three of them. <laughs> Because one, who's doing that at night? Two, who's doing that period? I'm sitting here looking at this doctor follow him. And then even in the reboot, in the 2019, he's doing the same thing. And then in this one, you're going through water instead of climbing up. No, who is doing that? Why? And you don't know why you're going? 
who blind in, in in this day and age in the 2000s who is blindly following someone at night through some woods with a shovel and you well, don't know where the fuck you're going well, when, you, when you first get to the deadfall you ask question why is this here and why are we having to go through it like it's here for a reason right dude but Jed is the worst. He's the absolute worst. It's like, I think I think Bloodline was meant to prove it. It's like he went through all that stuff. He knew everything that was going on, but he just lightly sat on the porch, took his place, took his father's place, lit up a cigarette, cracked the beer open, and just got ready, got ready to tell everybody wrong shit. It's like, yeah, sometimes that is better, but if you want to bring him back, I can show you. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's better. I need to make up your mind. Right, because at no time have, have you ever said that anything that came out of that was good. Never. But you knew this. You, you tried it with your dog. Your dog came back rabid, for lack of a better word. So you already knew that this was going to be a problem. And then you take this man and his cat so that he doesn't have to tell teach his child about death. You don't get the fuck out of here. Well, see, really? what, what makes it worse when you watch Bloodline is is Tim's dog has has come back, and you know when Judd saw the dog, the dog was a mess. The dog was a mess, and he should have realized he knew then or not then, but later he should have reflected on, oh, that dog came from the pet cemetery. Maybe we shouldn't. Well, not the pet cemetery, but the the, 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 the middle mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just worse. Like the dog attacked your girlfriend. Yeah, tore her arm up. Tore her arm up. Okay, and that's the other thing. It's like they were hidden out of town. It's like her, her. It's like she was. Was that the dog that hit the windshield, or was that a bird? It was a bird that hit the windshield. It's like they were, they were going out of town. She was like, "Fuck this town!" And a bird hits <laughs> the windshield, and they crash. Yeah. And then they then they see the dog, and it's like because they they were literally they showed the sign that said leaving Ludlow right in front of them, and it's like they their car they had, their car hadn't even made it to the sign, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, they were trying to leave. They were trying to go like, away. And I should walk. Like I want to walk. Like I want to walk across that line if this is going to happen. I mean, then you see the dog, and the dog leads you back, and you see Timmy, and Tim is like, nut like gone. Like you're like what the. And then you just, you don't like it didn't bother him when he saw Tim, and then with, and then David the company comes up, and then you turn back around and Tim's gone. Right. Like, Where would he go? We're out in the middle of the yard. And he just disappeared. Gone. It's gone. Gone. Yeah. And I think part of that was they were trying to give in Bloodlines. They were trying to give Lola. But that was my trivia question. They were trying to give the city or the town a um a per- like they're trying to keep. Everybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Because it's not. It's, it was like four hundred and seventy-one residents or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. what the, the population was. It's yeah, not something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not many people, so they don't want people to leave. No one leaves. That's the whole point. No one ever leaves. Ludlow. No one ever leaves Ludlow. I mean, Ra- Rachel got out, and she she should have just stayed on. Like, oh, you know what? And what's his name got out too? Finally, even though he lost his sister. Yeah. Who's his name? It started with him. Uh, he wouldn't say Manny, but it wasn't Manny. But yeah, he, he got out. Yeah. He was okay. driving out. Yeah. Okay, so. We don't, we don't really know if he actually got out. 
I'm, not, I'm hoping you did. Manny is Manny. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I, I guess that's just like, like I, I was gonna say I can hope that at the end of the 2019 version that they didn't do anything engaged. They could, they could have just let him run off on his own. But no. I, yeah. No, the implication was uh, they were gonna do it. I know. Yeah. We, we, just horrible. Okay, now with these three properties the the original the reboot and bloodlines okay so we already know the original one yes i think it was it was good for its time because like i said it was it was very creepy it was very scary and watching it recently i feel like that level of horror it, it aged well because there were still times even though i know this is a, a movie that is dated and i know that there are there are things that they did back then that they probably wouldn't do now I still jumped at the appropriate times. It did have that little level of creepiness, especially when you start talking about um, the situation with Zelda, Rachel's sister, and how that came about. Like that whole thing was just, it was very appropriately creepy. I do feel like it lacked a lot though, because as you know, we've discovered with the reboot and then with Bloodlines, there's a large part of the storyline that's missing. And I think that kind of you know, it, it kind of um, takes away from our object objectivity when it comes to watching that first film because we're just looking at it like Judd is, I, I'm looking at it as he's just evil as in an evil person. Right. He's and a, not. He's a monster. Right. He's a monster, he's a monster, yes. And I mean, and, and we do see that a lot with Stephen King's, um, you know, with his writings, monsters are not always monsters sometimes the people are the monsters and we get that not just with Stephen King but we get that a lot in horror you know when it when it deals with people you know people are the true true monsters what is the um the saying that Dean says supernatural he was like demons I get people are crazy you know but um and, so, and sometimes like we talked about it with Jurassic Park about him being the monster mm -hmm. because it wasn't for him and his I don't want to say greed, but his pretend, you know, his drive to have the park. His pretentiousness, his, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and his, his thinking that they could control it and mm -hmm. it'd be okay, right? Mm -hmm. Actually made him the monster. Mm -hmm. Because none of that would have happened if, like, why did you need a T-Rex? Why did you need raptors? Right. You know, you didn't need all of that stuff. Right. And here, it seemed like with Judd, you know, you, you didn't have to show him how to bring the cat back. Because really, what did it accomplish? You you wanted somebody to go through the same misery you went through? Like, yeah. what kind of friend is that? Yeah. Even, you know, and again, in that first movie, we don't know yeah, about the way yeah, to go. And, don't know about the way to go, yeah. don't know about any of that stuff. It just you just bad. look like a class A dick. Like, <laughs> like, right. like, like, like you know, the to to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You know. And, and, and just to have, just to avoid having a conversation about death with a child, Dude, have the conversation because now you got to have a way worse conversation with this child because she lost her father, her mother, and her brother, and she dreamt about all of this stuff. The years of therapy that Ellie is going to need, and I don't even know. Like I, I didn't watch Pet Cemetery two, the one that came out after, so I don't know if like, do we ever find out what happens to her character? Like what happens? I watched Pet Cemetery two, but I don't remember it. Okay. So, so probably was it <laughs> wasn't memorable. Memorable, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. The original one, if you just look at it as a straight up 
horror feature. It it stands up as far as that goes. But if you want to try to pick it apart and what messes it up is the reboot. Because people who didn't read the book and saw Pet Cemetery like it. Mm-hmm. But then if you see the reboot and you're like, oh wait, all that stuff was sort of kind of missing from mm-hmm. from the original. And like I said, Christine suffers from the same thing. A lot of people like Christine, but once you get into, well, you start asking questions, well, why is the car like that? Mm-hmm. That's when you start sort of having issues. Right. When you, when you can't answer those questions. Yeah. As someone who just watched the movie, like, oh, so the car was possessed and then it possessed him. Well, that's what happens in the book, but that's not what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. The car is just an influence. Okay. And that's, that's sort of what you have to do with Stephen King because. His stories are so layered and dense that it's difficult to get it all in there. Yeah, especially it's when, especially like like I said, the first movie was only like an hour and 27 mm-hmm. minutes. And I think the reboot was, it was like, that one was only an hour and 40. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that much more. So um, do you think they should have done it as a TV show or as a series the way that they've been doing um, some of the other stuff? No, no. I, 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 can't, I cannot deal with one of those at a time. No, absolutely not. No. I mean, uh, it, the whole thing is just like, okay, one of the reasons why I'm not more of a fan of horror movies is because I'm too much of a fan of common sense. Like, don't do that. Like, you know what's going to happen. And no why one has been in these films. None. It's None. Like, I mean, it, like, why would you go back three times to that cemetery and bury something when the first two times came out so bad? Mm-hmm. Thinking that, oh, it's a fresher body. No, no, that has nothing to do with why this went bad. It did bad because there's evil there and it gets into whatever you bury. It's not, there's not, no, no idea if the body is fresh or not. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. Next thing he's going to be like, well, I'm going to bury Ellie while she's still alive. Maybe it'll work that way. <laughs> it just and, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But in his his rational, his I guess irrational mind, mm-hmm. it, it works for him. Like he had to dig Tim. Did I think Tim? He had to dig a gauge, right, to bury him in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. She literally died right there. So to him, it's like, yeah, yeah, I do this, and it's, 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 she's gonna come back quicker. Not knowing that you're just bringing a, a evil spirit back. Yeah, because again, we don't find out about that in the first. Just listen to the ghost. He walked through to get to bury his wife. Like you shouldn't do this. Walks right through. He goes poof. <laughs> no, she, no, she's fresher. Than, no, that's nothing to do with it. No, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think I actually think that um, Judd. Showed him, showed him burying his cat because he wanted him, he knew he was dying. He was like, I need somebody to take my place with somebody who's going to actually believe this stuff and do right and do what I did. So I think that's why he, that's why he showed him the bury, showed him, that's why he, he showed him how to bury the cat. You think he was trying to make Lewis the next um, yeah. guardian? Yeah. And then, of course, Gage dies and that kind of changes it because maybe Lewis would have. Maybe he would have been a protector of it and kept people away if if Gage hadn't run in front of that truck or you know if if, if that tragedy hadn't happened 
maybe he wouldn't have made the decisions that he made. But I mean, we're all parents and we know, you know, if if something happens to our child, especially one so young, especially in a situation so tragic as the one that killed Gage, it's kind of like we can say that we have common sense and we would never do something like that, but until it, we, happens, until it happens, like we none of us have ever lost a child in that sense. We don't know what is and, and not just lost a child, you witnessed that, you know. I can't even imagine like a bike hitting a child, much less an 18-wheeler that's coming, you know, just raging down the street. What it does to your mind, and then your survivor's guilt on top of that, oh, I should have been watching him, oh, this, oh, that, or maybe if I, I can't even, yeah. Another big, well, I know we're getting short on time, but another big problem is a two-year-old toddler versus a semi-truck. You should have been like a puddle of mass of yeah. There, there, there should have been nothing to bury. Yeah, but that. but it should have been the same with with Ellie as well. Yeah. With, with the way that that accident happened, I mean, granted, yes, she, she got knocked over. But I will say this: they did a little bit better with Ellie because you can see one she was a little bit put together. Um, and you can see that when he opens up her coffin and she's she's nice and she's laid out. But the scene where she's in the tub and he's bathing all of the, the cemetery dirt off her, you can see her face slowly starting to crack, like her eyes starts drooping. Her face starts swelling. You start seeing the veins. They did very good with that because she looked like she wasn't <laughs> supposed to be walking around. And it's like even when she was in the bed, he was putting her to bed and she was talking to him. You could see like they, they did a very good job of focusing on her from an aerial perspective. And you could see her eye just kind of like this, like her eye looked like it wanted to bulge. But I don't think they wanted to show us that. But it's like you could see her face starting to break down. And it's like, dude, if you are not paying attention to what's in front of you right now, I understand your daughter is is quote unquote alive and you have her but you could tell he even knew that what he was doing was wrong he wasn't in his right right no. so to answer your question truthfully if they did it again they would need to take all of those elements from the bloodlines that sort of explains it mm -hmm. and they would have to put them in, in that yeah um, it's almost if now if they do do it again they don't have to do it because they would just say you need to watch bloodlines mm -hmm. and then you would you would understand it better. Yeah. And you know, just add the whispering in the background. Because mm -hmm. in bloodlines they're whispering. They're doing it in the uh, twenty nineteen version as well. Yeah. I mean it's literally it's calling John. Yeah. Yeah. John, come back to us. Yeah. Lois, don't do it. Or yeah. do it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Okay, but yeah, so, so I guess we're in, in agreement. We don't need a series. We don't need a series. I think, I think they've done enough with yes. these. You, you've got an original, you've got a reboot, you've got a, a, a prequel pre that good. should answer. We're good. We're they, good. They don't need to do a stand with no. this one. Okay. No. Okay. Do, do, you, do you have an opinion about it? No? Okay. I have a trivia question. Oh, you have a trivia question? I do. Okay, so we have a prize to give away. And um, Mike. Okay, change. so in Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, Judson's father actually played a more more prominent character in one of the most famous movies of all time. 
What character did he play in what movie? X-Files. Judd's character. Did you say his father? Judd's father. Yeah, Blood Lines. You can phone home for an answer if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, 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 was, that was a hint. That was a big hint. Phone home, E.T. That is correct. That's correct. His father, his father's name was Henry. His father was Henry Thomas, the guy who played Elliot in E.T. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is yours. Oh, cool. Yay. Thank you. Okay, so this do you guys have any final thoughts about any of the Pet Cemetery projects? Which one was your favorite? Let's let's put it like that. Let's, let's end on that one. My favorite was the original. Um, and, I, and I wonder if, because the book was in my brain, mm -hmm. I filled in the gaps. Okay. Um, but the creepy kids, creepy kids always do it for me, mm -hmm. especially the murders. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I like that one more, the reboot. And Bloodlines, I just don't like. Bloodlines doesn't really add anything. Um, it explains lore, but it doesn't really add anything to the story. Okay. And it makes Jeb like, the most absolute, most terrible person in the world. Okay. The world. What about you, Mike? See, it's like picking, picking two of the kids I hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Um, I know it's not bloodlines because you kept texting me. Oh my God, this I, I, feel, I, feel, I, feel, I feel, I feel like you were giving me revenge for making you talk about Howard the Duck. That's exactly all. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> So, so you're gonna say the original as well? No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna say Bloodlines just to spite him. <laughs> <laughs> because because both of them, I, just, I mean, at least the Bloodlines gave us a little bit more of exposition as far as as far as why this was happening and what was taking 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 over them as opposed to them just being bad okay. and people coming out. So okay. for the exposition, I'll give you, I'll give them a little bit, give it a little bit of yeah, because they give a flashback to when. They came looking for the Lolo expedition. Right. And they find an Indian sitting, well, a Native American, mm -hmm. and he's chanting and wearing the mask, because remember they, the animal mask. Those masks were so fucking creepy. So he, <laughs> they he were so, so he creepy. He has a mask and to protect him from the Lolo. Okay. And the expedition finds Lolo, and Lolo is acting all crazy because I guess apparently he got buried too. So no one, none of the settlers were left. So, oh, okay. okay. And uh, yeah, he attacked someone. I think no, Lolo was leading the expedition, right? I can't remember if he was leading the recovery expedition or if he was. No, it was it was uh, Reverend Randall. It was Randall's. It was mm -hmm. Judd's ancestor. Yeah, okay. Was leading the expedition, and all of the guardians were descendants of that first expedition. Okay, so I guess I'm just gonna have to go ahead and. and Find some time to, to watch, uh, watch that. So, yeah, um, so that. Of, of, okay. 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 So to answer uh, the question, I'm going to go the complete opposite of both of you. I'm going to say that the reboot is actually my favorite, and I think it is because of the fact that they changed the uh, the death from Gage to Ellie, and I think it added uh, it added a little bit more um, stakes to the whole story because you have a character who is actually processing what has happened to her and is making her decisions based on that and then also with the influence of 
of the Wendigo. So, um, so I'm going to go with it, with that one. So that's fair. Um, that's fair. Okay. So um, that is going to be our it on our discussion of Pet Cemetery. Um, we will be at Monsterama tomorrow as well. We have a panel uh, religion, religion and, and horror. horror that is at 10 a.m. and we will be recording that so that will be on our website. We will also be appearing at Conjuration in a few weeks. Uh, we will have information on that on our website. But for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, and everything else at Fandom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel. You can chat with us on our Discord channel, and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.